Sound okay in the back? Yeah. So, uh, how many people are here for the first time? Welcome. So I remember uh, listening to uh, Jack Cornfield's tapes, cassette tapes. Uh, I think it was a 10 cassette tape series on uh, your Buddha nature. And I can remember, I have one particular memory of uh, being in, um, in LA where I used to live and I, was, um, I would run a bath and listen to the tapes in the bath. And I remember um, just sitting in the bath and just crying. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't even understand what the tears were about. Uh, and it's only really in retrospect that I can start to get some grasp of that. And I think it's what, what it is for a lot of people, which is that uh, um, Jack kind of gives us a, a taste of the Dharma before we even know what that is, you know. But we actually sense something, something resonates deeply in us. And so I, I actually had the thought, it's possible, I remember those tapes were recorded live. It was not like he was in a sound studio or something. And it's possible some of those were recorded here. So it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you tonight after all those years of uh, listening to Jack. But I must admit that uh, being the substitute teacher for Jack freaking Cornfield <laughs> is a mixed blessing. Um, I'm happy, happy to be with you. Who am I? Um, I, my, I'm Matthew Brentsilver. I'm notoriously bad at giving my bio, but uh, um, let's see, I uh, teach at Against the Stream in, uh, in San Francisco and uh, with... Um, work with mindful schools and UCLA Mindful Awareness Research Center and um, Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City. Yeah. So we were up the hill at uh, the Buddhist Insight Network meeting uh, last week. And it's a gathering that's um, largely dedicated to supporting sanghas, to organizing and integrating the insight meditation movement and providing a kind of network of support for 
people who are involved uh, managing sanghas and centers. And one of the um, one of the panels that that they had was on diversity and inclusivity within within the insight movement. And a friend of mine um, uh, was on the panel and spoke about uh, her recent experience teaching a Spanish um, Spanish language insight retreat at the Insight Retreat Center in Santa Cruz. And she described one of her students who had who had heard the teachings. Uh, many times in English, she was bi- bilingual, but but uh, Spanish was her first language. And um, um, even after hearing the teachings many many times in English, um, something happened when she heard the teachings in her mother tongue. And she described how um, the Dharma sort of soaked in, in a different way. And uh, there was something about hearing it in her mother tongue. And the thought arose um, that whatever our first language is, and whatever language we're hearing the teachings in, we're, we're all trying to hear the Dharma in our mother tongue. To hear the Dharma in our mother tongue, meaning that um, it's very personal. And that there's a kind of intimate experience And so, um, as we, as we sit together, we try to take the Dharma in, in this way, to, to hear it in our mother tongue, whatever that is. And as we make our way into uh, formal practice, do that as uh, effortlessly as possible.
we take this natural, dignified posture We sense any ways in which we're bracing against experience. And to the extent we can relax, release the bracing we do. But if any tension remains, just allow it to remain. Perhaps it feels natural to sense the body breathing.
the philosopher Dan Dennett called the self the center of narrative gravity. And we feel that gravitational pull of self, of story. And this is not an enemy. There are no enemies in experience. But we keep returning, beginning again with the space of the body. the space of awareness.
when we're absorbed in that center of narrative gravity, life feels like it constricts a little. But of course, that center of narrative gravity is really a function to help us stay oriented and safe getting what we want. Nothing to hate about it at all. But we're cultivating a deeper kind of safety. Mindfulness makes experience safe, makes our inner life feel safe.
all the experiences that arise that disrupt our peace. Sensations, thoughts, sounds, emotions. None of it is your fault. And none of it is an accident. A kind of logic of the Dharma. We practice making peace with all that arises. And in this way, our inner life becomes safer and safer.
the winds of emotion blow strongly. Every time we move, every time we want, every time we reject, the winds of emotion are blowing. And we're learning that they can blow, even blow very strongly. We can be buffeted by wind. But nothing inside of us will be blown over.
these last couple minutes, just letting life come to you. Letting what we call our life arise in experience, in awareness. We don't need to reach out to touch it. We just let life come to us. So I wanted to have uh, a few minutes if there are any, any questions about, <clears throat> about your practice, about the, uh, the instructions, anything coming up for you. We'll uh, pass a mic around. Yeah. I was just curious what you meant in your instructions when you said um, things that come to us that interfere with our peace yeah. are not accidents. They're the logic of the Dharma. Yeah. Were you referring to karma or was it something else? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I said um, what, what, what is arising in us is not our fault, but not an accident. Mm 
Um, I wasn't thinking explicitly about karma, but um, maybe that's a way of talking about it. Meaning that what, what, ari- what disrupts our peace is not random, yeah? Like the, the forms of suffering that I, I have and do experience <laughs> is not, we could say, an accident. And the, the attitude that, that we can try to take is that, uh, that um, this is, it, that it has arisen is meaningful and is being called for wisdom and love. And um, it feels like it's this weird intrusion, like, wait a second, what? This is an accident. Like, how? why is my knee hurting? Or why is my heart aching? Or why is this kind of suffering arising? But insofar as we're going to be free, we're going to be free in a certain way, in our very own particular way, having made peace with our own particular strands of dukkha, of suffering. And that, you know, of course, that's, there are major themes that we all share, but in some ways it's a very personal practice and meeting those arisings as, as a non-accident, but something that's also not our fault. We sort of need both sides of that to, to work optimally with it. Yeah. Thanks. Could you speak a little bit about why there is the need for that suffering in the first place? Why there's the Boy, that was not a joke. Yeah, yeah. Why there's the need for the suffering, like why it exists in the first place? Um, that, that is way above my pay grade. Um, But, uh, um, you know, we're, we're really, we're, we're learning to make peace with our, the particular flavors of difficulty that we have. Um, but um, we're also just learning to, to make peace with the human condition, you know. Like that's a lot of what we're doing when we're sitting is we're, we're actually making peace with what it's like to be human. You know? And for many reasons, many kind of different evolutionary pressures, many other reasons, we have... Um, We we uh, we're asked to make peace with a lot, yeah, and and it can be done, you know. And so on the cushion on our meditation seat, it's like um, it's like we're absorbing bearable doses of the human condition. 
and uh, and that's why we stay we sort of take our posture and try to open to it um, because uh, it's it's um, it's like a training ground it's practice On that same note, um, would you um, agree with the idea that um, our suffering, our particular flavor of suffering, like you just described, is also our contract with life? And Mm -hmm. so it is um, exactly what we need to evolve. Yeah. Does that resonate? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I thought of a line from, uh, you know, from from uh, Jack's teacher Ajahn Chah, that uh, that everything everything belongs, you know, and that 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 everything is teaching us, yeah, and that that is I, I, in my experience a very adaptive way of meeting the challenges of of life um, and it's a way of what i was alluding to making our inner life safe it's like that that attitude and that willingness is supportive of of actually um, you, the practice of making peace with the human condition is a way of making the the inner life feel safer and safer and if I had to characterize like one of the core developments in practice, that, that, would, that would be it, as experience feels more and more safe. Yeah, yeah maybe one, one more. Um, I have a question about, um, or would you, I've recently, um, let's see, um, come into a great swamp of self-doubt. I didn't even recognize it until I was reading for a while. And um, I'd love to hear your views on bringing mindfulness to doubt. Can I ask some questions? Sure. Okay. Um, what, um, what's, what, what, tell me a little about your, your, your practice history and and how doubt has or has not figured into it? Oh, let's see. That's a good question. Um, My practice history is that 
Um, even though I was sitting, living in a community, reading Buddhist scriptures, I and the community were very emotionally unhealthy. And I was um, escaping, attempting to escape, not aware, um, going through a spiritual, they're called bypasses. And there was um, an enormously devastating experience which, within the community, which um, was so painful that I remembered um, what I was trying to, very hard to get away from. Mm. Um, and, and then um, was able to, from the ground, um, heal. Mm. And gratefully, I've gone through a lot, a lot of wonderful transformation um, in mindfulness, through mindfulness. So, um, now um, I'm extending myself um, into possibly teaching mindfulness. Mm. And the compulsivity that I have that has held the um, root, a painful root from babyhood mm. together, you know, holding is very old, yeah. is up, yeah. which is a blessing and it hurts. Yeah. And uh, I moved into this wonderful experience and fell into the swamp. Yeah. I believe I've lived in the swamp all my life um, without being aware of it. Mm. Um, but there's um, there's present day swamp and middle <laughs> middle ages swamp, and yeah. baby swamp. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, I've been listening to Dharma Talks on it online and yeah. very helpful, but here you are. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, so about, uh, so, so uh, how, well let me ask a question. How, how good are you at failing? <sighs> Better than I used to be. But I'm still really hard on myself. Yeah. Yeah. I still... Um, it's very hard to let go of loving, imagining that I can give to the family the love that wasn't there. Yeah. And so... Um, so, and I can't, and... Um, that's run by self-criticism. Yeah. And it's easy to fail. <laughs> yeah. But how good am I? Um, I'm much kinder to myself about it. It's it's something. It's um, something I'm I'm sure I'll talk about at more more length. But um, um, yeah, doubt. Um, the doubt, doubt piece gets entangled with a kind of um, usually sort of a rigid perfectionistic thing. And um, our capacity to fail well is critical. Um, and 
you know, because of course we all think like life is about success and teaching mindfulness is definitely about helping people and success, being successful. Um, but um, so much of um, that rigidity is just the charade of, of ego. Yeah. It's and about who fails. Yeah, who fails, right. Right. That's right. And holding her. Yeah. 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 So, you know, this is very specific to teaching. Part of what um, creates the doubt is when we venture outside of our really close heart experience. And there probably are a lot of people who teach mindfulness or the Dharma here. And uh, so so just one, one thing is just to actually start to develop a real sensitivity to when the words are close to the heart and when they start to meander away. And this, actually I'll talk a bit about this tonight because I'm going to talk about dharma and anxiety. And... Um, Part of what is generates some of the the anxiety and the doubt is um, is the sense that we can be found out, yeah. and um, and some of our practice is actually to uh, um, to be present in a way to teach in a way where we can't be found out, yeah. and that's something that we we develop over time. So let's. Um, yeah, we're gonna have announcements and maybe some air and a break and. Yeah. Thank you. Can anyone else use air? Okay, great. So we'll open up some doors and windows. I'll try to keep this short. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, there's a website um, where we have more than 2,000 free talks and guided meditations. Um, you go to dharmaseed.org and pick a, a talk of your ch- choice. And there's uh, lots of great talks from events and classes and retreats from a wide variety of teachers, and they're all free. So uh, there's these slips of papers on the back table that give you the website address. Uh, on the back table, we also have a lot of free books. Um, uh, we have a book on, it's an anthology of uh, Buddhist teachings, uh, suttas, that were donated freely to us from uh, Wat Metta Monastery down south. So we're very grateful to them for that. Um, this Saturday, we have Howie Cohen teaching an introduction to insight meditation class. Saturday from 9.30 to 4.30 here in this hall. And Sunday morning, we have a workshop for spiritual friends, people who are in spiritual friends groups around the Bay Area. If you're interested in learning more about that, we have flyers on the back table. And Sunday afternoon, we have a day on, or an afternoon on embodied mindfulness. It's basically uh, meditation and yoga. So feel free to come check that out. And uh, we're very excited. Next Monday night, Mark Coleman's going to be teaching the class in the upper hall. So for those of you who have not uh, tasted the upper hall, it's quite delicious. Um, It's the same time, 
um, 7.15 and 9.15. And dinner will be served in the dining hall at 6 o'clock. It's a sliding scale of 10 to $15. So it'll be a special night. So we'll break for a little bit and come back for anxiety and dharma. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.